We are in a series called The Comeback. It's never too late, The Comeback. And I'm excited about today's message, and I really believe the last two messages of this series are going to be the best as we talk about next week's failure. Totally different from the prodigal son of sin, but just talking about failure and how do you come back from failure. And, and then, then we've saved the best for last. I'm just, I'm really, just really believe God's going to minister in a deep way as I wrap up the series in a couple of weeks and talk about what do you do when a comeback's not possible. It's important that we learn how to navigate that. So I'm excited as we, as we wrap up this series in the next couple of weeks. And, and today, as we, as we look at this topic, I want to just give a, a thanks to Louis Giglio and his book, The Comeback. Uh, today's message, I extracted some thoughts and material from his incredible book, The Comeback. So thanks, Louis. And I want to talk to you from this thought, when your dreams are dashed, when your dreams are dashed. Jared Wallace was born May 15th, 1990. And Jared was a, a really good athlete. Uh, participated in track and was a, a good runner and in, in sophomore year of high school as he was running in track and he had this dream of becoming an Olympic athlete. He wanted to one day run in the Olympics and and Jared as a sophomore began to have began to have leg pain and was having this leg pain and 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 doctors said well we think you're having a, a stress fracture or the beginnings of a stress fracture or just some just kind of some tension some stress tension in your leg and so Jared continued to run and excelled in in high school track his his senior year of high school Jared signed an athletic scholarship to run for Georgia University. He's one step closer to his dream of making it to the Olympics. Now he's going to be a collegiate athlete and run track at, at the University of Georgia. And, and as, as Jared graduated high school, life took a turn. He got diagnosed with compartment syndrome, and, and compartment syndrome is simply a condition that cuts off the blood flow to limbs and extremities, and, and he was dealing with this compartment syndrome, and, and the doctors decided to, to, to get, have, a, have a surgery on his leg to try to help with the symptoms and the issues he was struggling with, and so they had the surgery, and, and then there's some complications that took place after the surgery. And at the age of 20, this collegiate athlete with a dream to go to the Olympics had his leg amputated. His dream of running in the Olympics is now dashed. And I think we can all relate to to Jared because we all have dreams that get dashed. Some of you have had a dream of what you wanted to be when you grew up, you, what you wanted to do when you grew up. You had a dream of where you wanted to work when you grew up, and, and your childhood dream is not coming true like you thought it would. It's not quite turning out the way you thought it would. You, you had a dream of going to college, and, and there are some obstacles that have happened, some major events have transpired, and it's stopped you from getting to college, and your dream has 
been dashed. Some of you had a dream of buying a nice home or going on a nice vacation every year without financial stress, but you find yourself in the reality of life, paying your bills month to month, living paycheck to paycheck, living under financial stress, and your dream is not coming to pass. Perhaps you had a dream of having your family flourish and having a family that was thriving and and yet you have woke up one day and divorce has happened or death has happened or addictions or problems have happened and your family dreams have been shattered. And the question is not, will your dreams get dashed? Because all of our dreams at some time or another in life get dashed. All of our dreams get shattered at some point in life. And the question is, what do you do when your dreams are shattered into pieces? Today, I want us to study a story in the Bible, a man's dream who who had his dream dashed. His dreams were shattered. And I want us to learn some lessons of how do we respond when our dreams are dashed. And I, I want to talk to you from Genesis chapter number 37. And I want to just, just visit the life of Joseph for a few moments. I, I believe I'm going to give some insight on the story that perhaps you have just never processed in this way. And I want to help you learn how to respond when your dreams are dashed. If, if you're new to church, new to Christianity, new to faith, checking out the claims of Christ, you're not familiar with the story. In Genesis chapter 37, Joseph has a dream from God at the age of 17. His dream was that he was going to one day be one day be a ruler, one day going to have authority, going to have power, going to have a lot of influence, and, and even have so much leadership clout that he was going to even be leading his own family. That his own brothers and, and, and his own mom and his own dad would one day bow before him and he would lead them. And Joseph shared his dream with his brothers. And when he shared the dream with his brothers, his brothers hated him. They despised him. They hated him so much that they sold Joseph into slavery. And Joseph's dream now looks like a nightmare. And I want us to see how we should respond. Share with you three thoughts on how to respond when your dreams are dashed. Number one is this. Number one is this. Set a new goal. When your dreams are dashed, set a new goal. I I want us to pick up the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 39. I'm going to pick up reading in verse number one. Joseph has now been sold into slavery. He's in a foreign land. He's in Egypt and he's living in a man's house and working in a man's house. And I, I want you to notice how Joseph responds as he's in Potiphar's home. It says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. Now, I want you to remember now, this wasn't Joseph's dream. He didn't want to be in a foreign land. He didn't want to be working in Potiphar's house, but this is where he finds himself. Verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar, notice this, Potiphar put him in charge of his household. And he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Joseph was a trustworthy worker. Let me tell you what Joseph did. 
He showed up in, in, in Egypt. He began to work for Potiphar, and he just set a new goal right where he was to be the best worker he could be in Potiphar's house. You see, friends, when our dreams are dashed, we have to respond like Joseph and learn to set a new goal right where we are. That's exactly what Jared Wallace did. He took a different road to get to his destination. Twelve weeks after Jared's leg was amputated, Jared began to run on a prosthetic leg. And he set a new goal to run in the Paralympics. He said, I got a new goal. I can't run in the regular Olympics, but my dream has been dashed, but I'm setting a new goal. I'm still going to make it to the Olympics. I'm going to run in the Paralympics. And understand this about Jared. He lost his leg, but he didn't lose his dream. That's a word for somebody today. He lost his leg, but he didn't lose his dream. And you may have not lost a limb, but you've lost something of value. And I want to encourage you to set a new goal. Your dream can still happen. It will just require a new route. In January, I was meeting some of our, our pastors downtown for an all-day off-site meeting. And as I was headed downtown, I opened up my Maps app because I knew that downtown was having construction going on. And I decided I was going to let the lady talk to me and guide me there. And I called the lady girlfriend. That's her nickname. And so girlfriend, take me where I need to go. And so she's guiding me and I, I'm trying to get to my meeting downtown. And as, I, as I'm going, I, 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 I follow her instructions and directions. And all of a sudden I hit a roadblock. I'm like, reroute. And she would not reroute me. She was continuing to tell me this is the road and it was not working. So I decided I'm going to reroute myself. And so I, I turned left and right and, and I hit another roadblock. And you know how, to, how it is. I didn't leave myself a lot of extra time to get to this meeting. I'm already running tight and I am the senior pastor. I probably ought to be there on time or early. And so it's not going good. I'm, my, my heart's beating a little fast. I'm starting to sweat a little bit. How am I going to get there? Roads are blocked. And I could have just decided, you know what, forget the meeting. I'm just going back to the office. This don't make no sense got the road blocked like this and several roads are blocked and so what I did is I saw a gentleman standing outside of a building so I pulled up close to the curb and I screamed rolled down the window hey hey I need some directions and he kindly walked over to the car I said I'm trying to get to such and such building he says well let me tell you the roads are kind of blocked downtown I know, I do know that. And so he told me, here's, here's how you do it. You, you go left here, and he says, then you have to actually go two blocks just over, and then you go, then hang a right, and then you'll have to go two more blocks then, then hang back another re- left and right, and then you'll dodge the construction, and then you'll see, turn left, and then you'll be able to get to your destination. I was, thank you so much, and I did exactly what he did. I'm watching the clock. Time is ticking. It's taking me longer than I thought it would take me. I had to go a little fast, but I did follow his instructions and I got around the roadblock and I made it to my destination. I had to fight a few obstacles. It took me longer than I thought it would, but I did get to my destination. I just had to reroute and God from heaven is looking down right now and saying, I'm not shocked that your dreams have gotten shattered and I'm better than girlfriend. I know exactly how to get you to your destination. I know how to reroute you. I'm better than the man that gave Herbert instructions. I'm telling you right now, set a new 
gone. Turn left. Turn right. I know it's taking you longer than you thought, but delayed does not mean denied. You just got to get a new route. Set a new goal. Your marriage may not be so happily ever after right now. Take a new route. Go the counseling route. Go the marriage small group route. Start dating each other again route. Set a new goal. You failed the class. Take a new route. Say, Pastor, I never thought I was going to be a sophomore for three years. That's okay. (laughs) Take a new route. It may take you longer to finish, baby, but you're still going to finish. Just take a new route. Set a new goal. I know you may have missed the last several years of your children's life because you were so busy and wrapped up with work and problems. It's not too late. Take another route and begin to start spending time with your children and getting in there, involved in their activities. Set a new goal. The doctor may have given you a bad report. That's okay. Take a new route. Start taking the medication. Begin to exercise. Change your eating habits. Just set a new goal. A friend stabbed you in the back and you thought that your destiny was connected with them and you would be friends for life and you cannot believe they stabbed you in the back, that's okay. Just set a new goal. Take a new route and get you some new friends. God can still get you to your destination. Listen, listen, you got laid off from work. That's okay. Take a new route. Put some new applications out and get another job. Set a new goal. Your dream can still happen delayed does not mean denied set a new goal take a new route just find one or two people and just look at them right now and say take a new route go ahead and tell them take a new route you still oh come on everybody take a new route you're gonna get there take a new route take a new route joseph never dreamed of being in egypt he never dreamed of being in potiphar's home But he found himself there with dreams are dashed. But he decided, I'm going to take a new route. I'm going to set a new goal to do my best right where I am. Take a new route. Number two is this. This is so key. This is so critical. When dreams are dashed, number two, God will go the distance with you. You got to know this, church. God will go the distance with you. When our dreams have been dashed, it's so easy to wonder. And I've seen this time and time again. I will be the pastor of People's Church for 16 years on Mother's Day. And I've been in full-time ministry, I don't know, 23, 24 years or so. And traveling and preaching and speaking and before starting the church. And I've seen this time and time again. When people's dreams are dashed, here's what begins to happen. They begin to wonder, where is God? People begin to wonder, has God abandoned me? I, 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 hear, I hear people, I, I've heard people say, does God really care? Does he care about me? Does he care about my dreams? And it's so important for you to understand this biblical truth from the life of Joseph. During Joseph's darkest seasons in life, God was with Joseph. During Joseph's most difficult moments, the Bible records five life-changing words, and here they go. Here's the words the Bible records several times in Joseph's life. Here's the five words. The Lord was with Joseph. Let me give you a couple of examples. Genesis chapter 39, verse 2. 
Joseph is in Potiphar's house living in Egypt. And the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Understand, he was sold into slavery. He was ripped away from his family, ripped away from his parents, ripped away from his friends, ripped away from his country. He's living in a foreign land, working in a complete stranger's home. But these five words change everything. The Lord was with Joseph. Joseph is then falsely accused at Potiphar's house and he's thrown into prison for a crime he did not commit. And the scripture says this when he was in the prison, Genesis 39 verse 20, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with Joseph. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. He was found guilty for a crime he did not commit. He was thrown into prison. It's unfair. Life is hard. His dreams are being dashed over and over again. I thought it was tough enough that I'm in a foreign land working for a stranger ripped away from my family. And now it's getting even worse. I find myself in prison for a crime I did not commit. But these five words change everything. The Lord was with Joseph. People's church, God was with Joseph the entire time. God was with him in the pit. He was with him in when he was sold into slavery. He was with him at Potiphar's home. He was with him when he was falsely accused. He was with him in the prison. He was with him when the cupbearer forgot about him in the prison. He was with him when Pharaoh called. And he was with Joseph when he went from the pit to the, to the prison to the palace. God was with Joseph every step of the way and let me tell you what the devil does he's so cunning he's so deceptive he's so sly and sneaky and here's what the devil does every time you and I face trouble or adversity and our dreams are dashed the devil loves to tell you God isn't with you when you face trouble he always shows up when your dreams are shattered and he shows up with the same speech. And I want to expose his speech to you today so that you're not tricked and deceived by his cunningness and craftiness. He, he shows up and he, he says things like this to you. If God really loved you, you wouldn't be going through what you're going through. If God really loved you and if God was with you, things would be turning out differently than how they really are and, and your circumstances would be different. If, if God was with you, you wouldn't be going through what you're going through. And the enemy loves to show up with those kinds of words when we're going through adversity, our dreams are shattered, but you have to understand that God is not just with you on the mountaintop. God is with you in the valley. God is not just with you in good times. God is with you in bad times. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number five promises us this. If you're a child of God, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, the scripture says that God will never leave you nor forsake you. God is with you every step of the way. 
Friends, it's a disservice to the God of the Bible when Christians promote that followers of Jesus will never have difficulty or never experience painful times. It's a disservice to the God of the Bible when when Christians promote that everything is always going to turn out just like you want them to if you'll just follow God. It's a disservice to the God of the Bible when Christians promote that all of your wildest dreams will always come true. That's not true. We live on a broken, sinful planet, and the reality is bad things happen to good people. Friends, we can love God and still be thrown in the pit. We can love God and still be falsely accused of a crime. We can love God and still be thrown into the prison. We can love God and still lose our job, be thrown into the fiery furnace. The marriage ends. You have to still file for bankruptcy. You can love God and lose a leg, lose a limb, get diagnosed with a disease. Even our Savior, Jesus Christ, was beaten, spit upon, hung, bled, and died for a crime he never committed. Sometimes our circumstances don't add up to the dream that's in our heart. But that does not mean that God isn't with us. Friends, we serve a God that will go the distance with us. Friends, God is with you, not only in the good times, but God is with you during the bad times. When a loved one dies... God is with you. When a miscarriage takes place, God is with you. When you fail, God is with you. When you're fired from a job, God is with you. When you get diagnosed with cancer in your body, God is with you. When you're stabbed in the back, God is with you. When your leg gets amputated, God is with you. You, he's not just a God on the mountaintop. He's God when we're in the valley. And when Jared Wallace had his leg amputated, he was mad at God. He was upset with God. He wondered where God was. And Jared says this as as he was in that season of feeling God abandoned him and was no longer wanting to live his life for God. Jared says these words. He says, he heard the still small voice of God saying that he had a hope and a future for Jared. And Jared decided 12 weeks later, I'm going to resume training because God is going the distance with me. He was with me when I signed the scholarship at the University of Georgia But he's also with me in the doctor's office when they cut my leg off. God is with me every step of the way. And people's church, since God will go the distance with you, will you go the distance with God? Since God will go the distance with you, will you go the distance with God? Friends, what I love about the story of Joseph is Joseph didn't give up on God when he was in the pit. Joseph didn't give up on God when he was sold and ended up at Potiphar's house working in a home that he didn't even know anybody. Joseph did not give up on God and abandon God when he ended up in the prison. Joseph gave his very best to God no matter the season 
season he was in. And the Lord was with Joseph and Joseph was with the Lord. Friends, can I encourage you? Don't abandon God because even in the pit, God has a plan. Friends, even when you can't see God doing anything, he's always doing something. Don't abandon God when your dreams are shattered. God will go the distance with you, and you need to go the distance with God. So many people turn their back on God when their dreams are shattered, but I'm telling you, God is with you in the pit. God is with you in the prison. God is with you when the cupbearer forgets about you. But you got to go the distance with God because God will go the distance with you. He will never leave you, never forsake you. He's not just God on the mountaintop. He's God in the valley. Number three is this. Number three is this. When your dreams are dashed, here's what you got to know. Here's what you got to know. When God gives you a comeback, it's for someone else's comeback. When God gives you a comeback, it's for someone else's comeback. I want to share with you some important truths about a comeback. When God gives you a comeback, when he allows your dreams to come true, you have to understand it's not just for you. God wants to make your dreams come true so that you can help other people's dreams come true. God wants to bless you so that you can bless others. When God gives you a comeback, it's never about a payback. It's never to hurt people. It's always to help people. Notice, in, notice this in Joseph's life in Genesis chapter 45 and verse 3. It says, Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. He's, he's now second in charge of Egypt. He's the vice president now. His dreams have come true. There's a famine in the land. People are needing food. Joseph is in charge of all the storehouses. His brothers need him. He has the power. And he says this to his brothers, is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, Joseph punched them in the jaw. That's not what it says. <laughs> come close to me, boy. That's not what, that's not what it says. It's not what, I know that's what you thought it said, but that's not what it says. Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother, Joseph the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Joseph says, God gave me a comeback not to hurt you, but to help you. Notice what he goes on to say in chapter 50 in verse 19. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. Notice this, the saving of many lives. Friends, don't use your comeback to pay back. That's not what a comeback's for. Don't look for the best moment to, to just kind of look and I'm going to find the best moment to stick it to you because you were unfair to me. Don't do that. That's what your flesh wants to do. Your flesh wants to say, take a look at me now. I can't. I'd give you more than that if I could. But your flesh wants to say, you know, check me out. Look at you, where you at in life. Check out where I'm at in life. What's going on with you? How's it going? See where I'm at now? 
Mm, you need me? Mm, I know you do. A comeback is never for a payback. Let me tell you something about your struggle. I want to shed some light on your struggle. Let me shed some light on your struggle. More people are strengthened and encouraged by your struggle more than they are your success. Your struggle matters in your story. Your struggle is a part of your comeback. You see, I love the Bible because it tells us about Joseph's struggle. I love the Bible, and I'm more encouraged when I read Joseph's story. I'm not so encouraged that he ended up second in charge of Egypt. I mean, that blesses me, but what really blesses me is his brothers hated him. And I see his journey of being sold. And I see his journey of ending, in, ending up in Potiphar's house, not knowing anybody. I, I see his journey of being in the prison and being forgotten about. I see his whole, his whole journey. And listen, I'm impressed that he was second in charge of Egypt, but I'm impacted by the fact that he went through trials and difficulties that were a part of his story to see his dream come to pass. You see, that's what I love about Jared Wallace's story. You see, he ended up setting a world record twice in the 200 meters. He beat his own record. He ended up being a two-time Paralympian. His dream came true, running in the Paralympians. And, and, and in 2012 and both in 2016, he made it. He won gold in the 2017 World Championship in London. Matter of fact, let me show a picture of you, of, of Jared here and with his leg. And Come on, you can get up for Jared. A Christ follower whose dream came to pass. But what impacts me most about Jared's struggle or his success, what impacts me most is you get to see his struggle. You see the struggle, not just the success. Friends, let me say this to you today. Don't hide your struggle. When God gives you a comeback, remember your struggle will impact people more than your success will. People are impressed by your successes, but they're impacted by your struggle. Your struggle matters because it encourages people. It gives people hope. It lets people see they can overcome that they can make it through the adversities of life. Your struggle is a part of your comeback story, not just your success. So tell people about your struggle. I, I could impress you today. I could tell you I'm college educated. And I've traveled all around America and preached about in every state. And I've been to Africa and Uganda and Malawi and been over to the Ukraine and Haiti. I've, I've been able to travel. I can impress you. This, just this past week, I was in, in Alabama and in Arkansas uh, speaking to thousands of pastors and encouraging them and equipping. I could impress you. Oh, I'm an author. Uh, uh, I'm an author of a book. I could impress you with accolades. But let me tell you what impacts you. Because I'm from Wewoka, Oklahoma. A little small town of 4,000. I was sexually abused at the age of 13. My parents got a divorce. I was addicted. Almost every male in my family has been to jail except for me. I made a 17 on the ACT. I was a C student in college and flunked deductive logic, but I went to my professor and he 
showed me grace and let me do a paper so that I could get a D in the class. I didn't grow up in a pastor's home. I didn't have any connections. I didn't know anybody. I started a church with no church experience. I was 26 and never worked in a church before. We started our church and we didn't know what we were doing. And you know we didn't know what we were doing because we started the church on Mother's Day. Don't nobody go to a new church on Mother's Day. They go to their mama's church. And that's why 65 people showed up the first Sunday. I've had failure after failure after failure. I've made mistake after mistake after mistake. But God can take you from your struggle and still make your dream come to pass. He knows how to reroute, take a left, take a right. You got a roadblock, take a left. You got an obstacle, take a right. I'll still get you there. You got to take a new route, but I'll get you there. That's the kind of God that we serve. Your struggle is a part of your story. Jesus made a comeback so that you can make a comeback. And God gives you a comeback so that you can help others have a comeback.